everyone and welcome back to the Impact Defense Podcast. Today's topic is common ploys used to abduct children. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. Hey guys, Jada here with Kylie right beside me. Today's topic common ploys used to abduct children. This is an extremely important topic to discuss with not only children but also adults so that if they happen upon a situation they can recognize the signs and be able to um, prevent anything from going further. When we're talking about common ploys there are some people who would abduct a child just by running past and trying to grab them and seeing if they can get the child away but some of them use more clever ruses to try and keep the child from really fully understanding what's going on. The first one, the one that's taught in pretty much every stranger danger training out there is the gift offer. The, hey kid, want some candy? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not always that. Uh, there was a case a few miles away from us, actually, at a food lion this man was luring several kids from several families at one time trying to get them to come and take some money from him so that he could quote unquote take their picture the money being the gift first one is just offering the kids something to see if they will come after it and then taking the kid when they least expect and trying to get them to come quietly away from their parent Mm -hmm. the best way to deal with this one is just to teach your child that if you don't know them you don't need whatever they're offering no matter what that is and so the best thing they can do is say no loudly and get the attention of a trusted adult Mm -hmm. the next common ploy used is seen more often than people would expect actually um we actually use this with students because they don't really see that one coming. Uh, mm-hmm. The do you want to take this from me is usually the one that they're like, oh, yeah, I know this one. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. You keep it. But this one, this one trips up more kids than mm-hmm. you would think just because they're not taught as about, about this one quite as much. Yeah. It's like, hey, could you help me feed my dog or... Hey, they don't even have to have a pet with them. They can say, oh, can you help me find my dog? Something like that. Yeah, so the whole idea behind this one is using um, a cute animal to bribe the child away because there's something about having a pet that makes someone be a little bit more trusted or seen as a good person. They're not thinking about the person they're going with, they're thinking about the cute animal that they're going to see or going to help them find. One way the pet is used is, hey, I lost my dog, can you help me come find it? And that's even multiplied if the person is holding a leash to make it convincing. It's like, my dog got off the leash, I can't find them, I I really miss them, can you help me come find them? That one is extremely surprising to a child. Sometimes you'll even, they'll even get lucky enough to find a kid who lost their own dog, and they're just (laughs) like, oh no! It's an extremely, extremely dangerous situation because they can, the the child can then be lured into a different area Mm -hmm. where no one else can see them, and they came willingly and it didn't look suspicious at all. Yeah, we've seen videos of stuff like that happen. 
Yes, we, we watched a video of an experiment being done, and this one was more of a, hey, I have some pet food in my car, do you want to help me feed the dog? And there was actually a crate in their trunk, in the person's trunk, and they got the child. This was all with the parent's permission. This was to see if their child would be fooled. They were approached at a park. The person said, hey, I've got some dog food in my trunk if you want to come and feed them a treat. Several kids from a several different parents came with them. One little boy, they even said, oh, I can't reach that far back. Could you climb in and grab it? This child crawls into a dog cage in the back of the person's trunk just completely willingly. All the person would have had to do is shut that trunk and the child's locked in there. Mm -hmm. um, that's when you see the parents come out and start going crazy. <laughs> like, why would you do this? What's wrong with you? But the problem is they're not taught that there's anything wrong with it. And then going back to the lost dog ploy, what we encourage kids to do is ask why. Why would a grown adult be asking a child for help when they could ask another adult for help? Yeah. You're not faster than an adult. You're not as developed and you can't go as many places as an adult. So it doesn't make any sense for them to ask you. And it's wildly, wildly inappropriate for an adult to ask a child for help when they could ask an adult for assistance. Teach your kids that if an adult is asking you for help with something, you can tell them no. Actually, one of the best things you can do is pretend you don't hear and go in the other direction or address them and say no or I have to go to my mom now, you know, something yeah. like that to let them know that you're not quiet. Um, they're not a hard target or soft target. That's the word. <laughs> that you're not a soft target. You know, someone who's not going to come quietly, someone who's not going to make it easy, and someone who's not just going to go along with it. But so far we have gift offering, we have using a pet, and now the next one is along similar lines to asking for help finding a dog. It's just asking for assistance. Can you put these groceries in my trunk? Will you take my buggy? You know. I was going to say that, yeah. Do you want the quarter out of my buggy? You know, that's <laughs> gift offering hint. <laughs> That always goes back to why is the adult asking a child for assistance when they could be asking another adult. Now, the can you help me unload my groceries thing, it could look like a sweet old lady, you know, just wanting help with the groceries. But even if it's that, any adult should understand that a child's safety is important. Any any good stranger, any good adult. And if the child looks like they feel uncomfortable and they express, uh, no, I'm not comfortable with doing that. Let me go back to my mom. Or no, thank you. Or just pretending you don't hear and walking away. Those are ways to get out of the situation. And now, it's this is a difficult situation to be in when you're taught to be helpful. Because on one hand, you're taught be helpful, be a good person, like mm -hmm. help someone, even if it's just helping someone unload their groceries. Now in that situation you could ask your parent to be around to help with the groceries in the car. You know, that's another thing. You can say, let me go get my mom and we'll help you. Um, assistance is a really hard one for kids to uh, usually shy away from because 
really they're taught to be helpful their entire lives they're taught you know you're supposed to help people but you also have to teach them when helping is dangerous mm -hmm. and that it's okay to say no so we have giving a gift the pet ploy we have giving assistance then there's also there's another really tricky one is offering them so, offering some this is one that's usually used for older people it's offering some them something like fame like you have the face of a model do you want to meet and see this now when the child is younger usually it will be uh, don't tell your parents let it be a surprise something like that uh, when it's a teenager, like of driving age, it's usually, uh, can you meet at this time? And unfortunately, it's really commonly seen that people will go for it just because they want to believe that they can get famous quick. And the best thing really is just to say no. Try to get famous a different way. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really easy way to fall into something like trafficking. Now the reason we are talking about all of these ploys is because this is January and January, for those of you who don't know, is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. um, and since that is right up our alley of topics to talk about and things, we wanted to bring that up and kind of follow along with a theme that helps people be a little bit more aware of things to look out for. We were just talking about offering them the opportunity to get famous, you know, a secret opportunity that could bring them fame and fortune, mm -hmm. and, you know, just how proud would their parents be if their child got famous. Yeah. I really hate that these are so easily fallen for. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another extremely dangerous situation that's really hard to deal with, and it's hard to say a proper way to deal with because this one is by someone who's supposed to be good that turns out to not be twisted um a <laughs> twisted character this is when something happens like i'm a police officer and you're in a lot of trouble you have to come with me because that provides confusion mm -hmm. um a false sense of trust because a police officer is supposed to be someone that you can trust whether that is a real police officer or not <laughs> Because the child doesn't know if it's a real police officer or not. They see a uniform and they assume, well, it has to be a police officer, right? Mm -hmm. um, they don't know the difference between a real badge and a fake badge. It's just, it's a really difficult situation to be in because they're taught to trust law enforcement and they're taught to, they're taught to go with what the people who are supposed to be protecting them say because that's how they're supposed to stay safe. And then they're also taught that when they're in trouble, they're supposed to be compliant. <laughs> and so whenever a officer comes up and says, you're in a lot of trouble, you have to come with me, that's a really difficult situation. Um, one thing that they need to, one thing that I think a child can do is, first of all, if they don't know them, they do need to keep space in between them and the person, mm -hmm. even if it is an officer of the law. When the police officer says that they're in trouble, they need to ask why. And if the officer can't give them a reason, then they probably need to find someone to help because an officer should be should give you a reason mm -hmm. why you should come with them. And if you're uncomfortable as a child, they should be able to connect you with your parents. Mm -hmm. There is no reason that the officer shouldn't know your name 
if you're actually in trouble and someone's looking for you. There are just a lot of things, but it's really difficult for a child to separate a, you know, one of the, a good hero from a bad hero, you know, because mm -hmm. police officers are supposed to be the people that help you, and most of them are. But it's really difficult to tell who just says I'm a police officer and someone who actually is and who's yeah. there to help. Kelly, what are you doing? I'm playing with the atomic bear flashlight. Why? Because it's fun. Listen, this is my flashlight. If you want your own, go to theatomicbear.com and use the coupon code IMPACTDEFENSE and you can get 20% off of one for you. Can I use your debit card? No. Why? Dad! Dad! There is also the emergency or a parent's friend. Can you give us a scenario on that? Your parents have been in a terrible car accident. I need you to come with me. I'm a family friend. Mm -hmm. That one is commonly used whenever a child is being picked up from school mm -hmm. at the end of a school day um, because that is one of the few situations where you can approach a child alone. Mm -hmm. It is a lot more difficult now because children are held in assembly mm -hmm. instead of waiting outside for their parents to pick them up. Mm -hmm. But if they catch them in line for school bus or something like that. I think one of the greatest things that I have seen as far as this goes is parents setting up passwords with their kids. It's like, I'm not going to send someone to get you unless they know this secret word that tells you that you can trust them. Mm -hmm. So if someone is sent to you and I told them to come and get you because... I can't do it myself, then they're going to have to t say this secret word, you know, pineapple, something like that. Um, and if they don't know the secret word, then I didn't send them and you need to run away and get help. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to handle that. Mm -hmm. But another thing I want you to remind your kids is that you, I, I, I don't, I can't think of many parents that would send someone that their child didn't know. Mm. to pick up their kid from school. Mm -hmm. If you're sending someone, it's going to most likely be someone that you trust and your kid trusts, and most likely that your kid likes to come and help them. It's going to be their godparent, it's going to be their grandparent, it's going to be their aunt, yeah, you know, someone, someone that they know that they can trust and someone you know that you can trust to pick up your child, not just some random person. So if you can explain that to your child, that if you send someone to pick them up, it's going to be someone that they know. And if not, then they're at least going to know that password. I think you should let people that you know and people that you know and you pretty much trust and your kids trust. I think if you're going to send them to pick your kid up, they should know the password too, just so that they can't pick up your kid without you being okay with it. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but there are several ways to help prevent this ploy. So if someone is saying to your child that it's an emergency and they need to come with them, you need to have something in place that lets your child know that they can trust them. Mm-hmm because that is a really difficult one to see through if it's true or not. Yeah. All of these are difficult in their own way. Yeah. 
But there is a way to deal with each one. Mm -hmm. The problem is having to go through and individually teach each one of these things and how to recognize them because there are so many different variations of each one. No two situations look exactly alike. Something that makes any of these more difficult is when the person knows your name. Then you just assume that it's a family friend. Oh yes, knowing someone's name, because you gotta think, when someone says your name, even if they're not talking to you, so if your name is Hannah and someone says Hannah, what do you, what do, you do? You perk up and you look around for the person who said your name. You might find out that they were talking to someone else. But when someone recognizes you by your name, your mind automatically tries to start placing them. So. For a child, this can be extremely confusing, and it's extremely confusing for an adult as well. But we have to remember that it is actually not that difficult for someone to figure out someone's name. They can hear someone else say it. They can see what either their parents or they themselves posted online. I know a family that never posts any of their children's names online, and any picture of their kids is in a group with other kids so they can't be placed. That's smart. It is really smart. Um, and anyone who loves the kids, anyone who knows the kids, are able to... Place uh, the name. Yes, they're able to place the picture with the name. So if you have a loved one that's far away and they want to see pictures of your kids, they still get to see pictures of the kids. But they don't have to have the names if they already know them, you know? So I think that's a great way to keep some people you don't know as well, or just some random people online from figuring out uh, all the details about your entire family, you know? Yeah. But it's still relatively easy to figure out someone's name. So just teach your... Uh, the password thing works with yeah. that too. Um, teaching your child that if they do not recognize a person, to keep them at a good distance. Um, and if they are alone, if they recognize them, but it's not someone that their parents would leave them with or someone that their parents has left them with before, they still need to keep a good distance. We usually stay, say, four big steps away, mm -hmm. um, and that usually provides a good opportunity for someone to, or for a child to have a good lead in order to get away or get to someone to help. But just setting boundaries with anyone that you don't recognize is extremely important in keeping your child safe mm -hmm. because you got to... You've, you've got to remember, in a kid's brain, someone recognizes their name, they usually assume that they know them. And if you're like me, you have 50 bajillion relatives that know who you are, but you have no idea who they are, and they're just like in Walmart going, are you Jada? Yes. Who are you? I'm your cousin. I believe you, but which side of the family, who are you related to, you know, that happens to me all the time. I uh, was visiting a new church and a lady came up to me and she's like, oh, Jada? I was like, who are you, ma'am? I'm your cousin, Lisa. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, okay. <gasps> On which side? <laughs> So it can be extremely difficult because there are a lot, if you bring your kid to a lot of family get-togethers or you share pictures of them with people that they haven't really met before, 
someone's going to recognize your kid when your kid doesn't recognize them and it's going to be utterly confusing and you really don't want the wrong person recognizing your child or saying their name or trying to get their attention especially when and your child following along with it you know we briefly touched on this when we were talking about knowing your child's name online safety if your child has a social media account or if you have a social media account it is really easy for someone to figure out things about your family and about their habits, know their names, know details about them. So someone can prove, you know, quote unquote, prove that they know you without actually knowing you in person. It's like, oh, Jessica, hi. I don't know you. Who's, uh, how do you know my name? It's like, we met at such and such, you know, commonplace posted that they go every now and then. Mm like you were the one who drank this drink common drink posted on Facebook that they like to drink all the time you know and then we ran into each other again at this place store known to shop at you know <laughs> it is not hard to come up with an imaginary situation based on someone's post if you yeah. post a lot of details about your life someone is gonna know a lot of details about your life mm -hmm. now crazy story that happened in Japan this is not normal <laughs> um, a man was able to abduct a woman by using the reflection in her eyes to know what train station she normally took every morning to get to work. The reflection in her eyes? The reflection in her eyes in the photo. That's not normal, but I'm telling you, if people want information, they will go to extraordinary lengths to get the information. So. <clears throat> Anyway, we're talking about online lures. If your child is living under your roof and they are within the age of a child or a teenager, they are living by your rules. If they have social media, you need to have guidelines in place. The way my parents did it was when I was allowed to get a social media account when I became a teenager, but I was not allowed to friend adults other than my parents and I was only allowed to friend kids that I knew. So I was not allowed to friend adults, not even family members. Like, it was just my parents that I was allowed to friend. Um, the first adult that I was allowed to friend that was not my parents is my great-grandmother, and bless her heart, she only posts flowers. I wasn't allowed to friend adults other than my parents. I was only allowed to friend kids that I knew, and as it progressed, I was um, eventually allowed to friend adults uh, once I turned about 15 or 16. Uh, but only adults that were family members that I knew. I still don't friend people I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter if they're a kid. It doesn't matter that they're, if they're an adult. I think it's inappropriate for me to friend a child I don't know. That would be completely inappropriate of me, even if I am only 19. And even if I do teach children, I still don't think I should be doing that. And I don't think anybody else should be either. I think it's wrong. But what that did was that set up boundaries that made me harder to find by other adults. It made me um, difficult to be targeted by a fake account because it is really easy to pretend you're uh, younger than you are when you're online because no one knows what anybody looks like anymore anyway because of all of the filters. Like if I judged solely on their profile pictures what all of my friends looked like some of them would have puppy ears and uh, tongue sticking out uh it's just 
it's really easy to be someone different online. So when we're talking about online lures, um, online friends are a big, big lure for kids because when they suddenly get attention from someone, mm -hmm. kids want attention. And if they're not taught safety and if they are not given much attention, then what they want is to be heard. And if there's someone online that starts a chat with them, it is really easy for that chat to lead. We watched videos on online grooming. It was scary what people were getting kids to, what kind of conversations people were getting kids to participate in. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely easy for a child to give up information about their family or about themselves that they should not be giving out, such as a personal address, mm -hmm. um, phone numbers, mm -hmm. family members' names, mm -hmm. just when they're gone and when they're home, like parents' work schedules, their own work schedules, it's extremely dangerous. Uh, I had, so, uh, there was a boy that I knew, he was a couple years younger than me, and when he was in middle school, he had been chatting online with someone uh, for a couple weeks. This person wasn't even pretending to be a kid, he was a full-grown adult. The person that I knew told him his address and made a time for him to come pick him up to hang out. And his parents found out about it and shut it off, called the police, like completely shut the situation down when they found out. But the child had no idea he was doing something dangerous. Just some random adult he met online told them their address and made a time for him to come pick him up to hang out. That is extremely scary and it is a big uh, opportunity for abduction and since all of the conversations were online yes they're still there but also it can be really hard to find someone who's just online so we have uh, using gifts you know the here's some candy or here's a dollar the pet missing or you can pet them or feed them there's secret opportunity for fame there's uh, Assistance. Yep. Assistance. There's the, can you help me with this? You know, I'm an officer of the law or, you know, even like firefighters or someone. I'm an agent. Can you come with me? Emergency, the parent's friend thing. I know your parents. Um, something's happened and they need you to come with me. Online luring and baiting and uh, just knowing a child's name. Anything that they can use to separate a child or to isolate them from the people who would protect them. Because human trafficking is real, abduction is real. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, in, when me and my dad were doing a podcast, these things don't just happen in movies, they happen in real life. Yes, and no one expects it to happen to them, but odds are you're just couple miles away from where something's gonna happen at some point. There are these people everywhere. Bad people don't just exist in movies and they're making themselves more and more difficult to find. So what you have to do is you have to actually prepare your kids and reinforce this stuff. You can't have a one-time conversation. It has to be an ongoing discussion mm -hmm. about how to stay safe and how to live safe. Not just be safe in general, but how to live a safe lifestyle. Yeah, you don't just talk about it once in a while. You need to talk it like each week. They have to remember it in their head or even every day. If you just recently got into learning about self-defense, 
there is a humongous world of information out there. Mm. How much easier would it have been if you had started when you were a child and could be fed it as it started to apply to you? That progression makes knowing how to be safe so much easier. The only thing is, if you don't give them the reasons of why things work, you have to provide reasons. You can use statistics. You can tell them uh, details, however many details you're comfortable with telling your child about what can happen if they don't follow the instructions. But you have to give them reasons why, because kids want to know why. You can't just say, um, you're not allowed to friend these people online uh, because I said so. How hard is it to give a reason um, to tell your kids not just what they should do, but why they should do it and why it's in their best interest? I'm not saying you should just explain everything you do to your child, but the things that are to keep them safe, explain to them how it keeps them safe because that's what's going to make it important to them too. Showing them that their safety is important to you and how you don't want them to be taken away from you, so this is why you're telling them this and teaching them how to do this, that's what's going to make it stick. That's what's going to make it important, is knowing that they're important to you. So talk to your kids about all of these ploys. Talk to them about other things. Talk to them about all the things that you know of that can keep them safe, and talk to them about why. And then don't just stop the discussion there. Don't have a one-time discussion. Bring it back up when you're in the car. Hey, you remember this conversation? What are the, some of the things that I said that you could do if this happened? Don't just do, but also review. So if you go back and review things, that's also going to make it stick. Don't just tell them this stuff. Make it stick. Make it reoccur in their heads. Make it important. Teach them to not just do these things, but encourage their friends to be safe too. So instill, reinforce, and model all of these things for your kids. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Be aware, stay safe, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.